Keith Major Show. All the people know, straight from Hawaii, we're all you need for sure. From news and local events, music and much more. With the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Welcome back to the Keith Major Show. Uh, this is another episode on uh, finance. This is going to be part two of the what turned out to be rather popular stocks for newbies. Um, never intended for that particular episode to be as popular as it was. But for those who reached out to me, appreciate the feedback. Thanks for listening to the show. And, and most importantly, I am glad that people are really concerned about money and economics and finance and wanting to do better and figure this out so you got to give the people what they want this is so not what i had in in mind for my podcast like i said i made i think one comment about money like maybe three podcasts ago and everybody zoomed in and jumped on it and was like no 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 we're good with all that other stuff what we want to know about is the money so, okay, we're going to talk about the money. It's been a minute. Sorry, a brother has a job. I got a regular job. This is not what I do full time. So I got to hustle and flow and I kind of squeeze these podcasts in when I can. So all you angry mob out there that were clamoring for another show, I am glad to give it to you. So here it is. Um, part two of Stock for Newbies. But what's going on, people? What is going on? The world is crazy. Government is crazy. Coronavirus. The coronavirus got us messed up, man. And we're going to talk about it later in the show because coronavirus is having an impact on the economy. Um, I run with mod. Dude, another black man got shot. Come on, man. Like, how many times we got to do this? Um, Brunswick, Georgia is that. It's just that place. My mom lived in Atlanta, and I spent some time rolling through South Georgia, and I know how them boys roll down there. It is not looking good. Um, I hope they don't burn Brunswick down, but we, let's hope this time that we'll have a, I don't know, a better process and more justice. I guess Trump now decides coronavirus is a thing because... Now he's all upset because somebody got it in the White House. I think two people. And so now it's changing his perspective. But y'all stay safe. I'm telling you right now, I ain't going nowhere. When I see the when I see the Chipotle in the NASCAR track, in the yoga studio, in the Starbucks open up, then I might emphasis on might go outside. But I am good. I know some of y'all are bored in the house and in the house bored. Not me. I am chilling in my house. So let's take a music break and then we will come back um, and then we'll get right into the show and talk about money because I don't want to keep you guys too long. So let's do it. And thank you for listening to the Keith Major Show. Yo, so, uh, my, yo, so, uh, how you figure 
said that your team can affect my cream Gold and platinum plaques since I stepped on the scene Now I mean, keep the scene, jacuzzi full of women She hitting me and him and him, much love like Wimbledon Watch the screaming killer, I'm overseas in my villa But mama suit's nothing iller Frank switched the plan, cop the Lexus land Seek other, Rockefeller, four hundreds and better Lucy's push speeds with five in his eyes Knock and knock, go cry, but Mary Blige I die for my back and steel Chicken heads with sex appeal, reveal sexual acts up in Compose act, the chocolate dime, watch the mafia shine. Uh, uh, girls get your own, can't uh, touch a dime of mine. And if you don't stop, then we won't stop. Continuous leader, you uh, can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me, you better move over. You can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. Ignorant mother Drive a Benz on Miata This honey's got her Sweet pinata Six shots her Little Kim the Black Erica Kane And who remains in Chanel frames in Animals of all kinds Russian Fendi sables With matching poo tapes We the label Mafia Admiring my shoes By Gucci I be eating sushi Playing with my Counting Lucci Got banks to rob, convertible sobs. I'm married to the mob. And if you don't stop, then we won't stop. Continuously to get. You can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. You better move over. You can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. You better move over. Frank White, the Desperado, used to rock the all-black Mavado, the all-black Eldorado, all that and the bottle of Dawn P. Uh. Can't harm me, I keep the army, it's Brooklyn in the house. Without a doubt, uh. I'm the rapper with clout, everybody yap about, check it out. Guns are bustum, problems with my wife, don't discuss them. Coops and Lear Jets, I lust them, fingerprints, I dust them. Uh. Recent address, what? stuck you for your stash and your pissy mattress. Uh. Your mom's an actress, didn't want to show me the safe. It's okay, she was old anyway, I display. Uh. Hot 97 rhyme ready, cock Mac 11 line steady. Uh. Like Tevin Campbell, I'm ready uh. to do what I do. Continuously, you can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. You better move over. You can be as good as the best of them, but as bad as the worst. So don't test me. You better move over. Ninety-six catalog, Caesar Lee De Janeiro. Uh, Big Mama Queen B, Mafioso, notorious, well-known Frank White. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Keith Major Show. So, 
let's do a recap of where we left off. For those that listened to the first podcast, um, this should be a review. But for those who didn't listen to the first one and you're tuning in to, to episode number two, let's do a recap. So last time um, in episode one, we talked about exchanges. We talked about what is the stock market exactly. We talked about what is a stock. We defined it. We even talked about the Dow Jones, who Dow Jones was. Um, And we talked about the Dow Jones Industrial Average and what that meant. Um, And we also talked about different ways to purchase stocks via different types of brokerages and different types of exchanges. So in summary, where we left off with last time was eight steps to start investing in stocks and this is geared towards uh, newbies so make sure you're ready and able to invest that was step one Um, it doesn't make sense for you to invest if you got a lot of high interest debt and you just got a lot of things going on so you kind of have to create an investing environment so that might require you to Take care of your personal circumstances, whatever they may be, because everyone's situation is different. Um, Step two was define your goals. Define what it is that you hope to get out of investing and out of the stock market. Some people are speculators. Some people are value investors. Some people just don't want to lose money. Um, And there's different strategies for each of those. And we'll talk about that down the road. But defining your goals is step number two. And then establish your timeline. In the last episode, um, I think I I put out that eight to ten years is what it takes to swing the economy around. Two presidential terms is what it takes. So this is not overnight success. The money you are investing right now, your plan is to recoup that money in greater volume with dividends and returns eight to ten years from now Um, so depending where you are in your life and depending where you are in your work situation this could potentially be your retirement money it could be your grandbabies college money it could be money that you're using to maybe start uh, generational wealth but again everyone's Timeline is different because their goals are different. You just have to establish what your timeline is and how far out are you trying to do what you are trying to do. Uh, Step four is assess your risk tolerance. There's high risk, high reward. Um, As my granddaddy used to say, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. So when you look at different stocks, some of them are less risky and some of them are more risky. If you're a younger person, if you're a gambler type, you a little on the edgy side, you might dabble in those riskier stocks. And if you're somebody that, oh, I don't know, Keith Major, then you may go with blue chips, things that you know are gonna like maintain their value and they're not gonna drift too far one way or the other. It depends on your personality type and what your goals and your timeline are. So that's all related. Choose your ideal types of investments. Right now we're talking about stocks, but there's all kinds of stuff out there and eventually we will kind of hit each one 
and then you can figure out which one works best for you. There's stocks, there's bonds, there's uh, the foreign exchange, the Forex market, futures, options. There's all kind of ways to do it. You just got to figure out which way fits for you. But in this particular series um, of episodes, we're primarily talking about stocks. Find a compatible brokerage. You can actually walk into an office. There are apps that you can use. I recommend an app. There's several apps. So last episode, I encourage people to, you know, download them all, fiddle around with them, YouTube them, ask around, figure out which one you think works best with you because the one that you will fool with most often is the one that's most effective. It's like growing roses. So, you know, if you're going to get into the stock market, you have to get yourself to the point where you are willing to check, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven times a day app on your phone. You know, your phone's dinging because you got these different alerts set up. You want to get to that point. You get in, you get out what you put in. So if you invest the time, you will get bigger returns and have bigger success. Select an order type. We kind of touched on order types. Um, We will do that later. But selecting order types is, is not necessarily in the weeds. But you're getting pretty particular if you're to the point where you're selecting order types. And we'll go through that in another show down the road. Rebalance regularly and check in on your goals, right? Just like growing roses, you got to take a peek in there every now and then and see how you're doing. Hey, how's it going? Oh, don't like the way the market looks or hey, the market looking great, right? Where, where are my stocks at right now? So yes, that's the last thing. So those are the eight steps for investing in stocks. And then we talked about the recession because I think there's going to be a recession, Um, I think this is really paralleling Herbert Hoover's administration back in 1928-29. And if you recall, Herbert Hoover's the guy that gave us the Great Depression. And I really think Trump, of all the presidents, of all the 44 other presidents Trump could be following, for some reason, he seems to be following Herbert Hoover. And Herbert Hoover's presidency didn't work out too nice. But if we know this, and this holds true, we can implement steps to help shield ourselves from a collapsing economy so that's what we're talking about here today um in a recession there's a lot of new money that's going to be made you know anytime you have a change in prices in the stock market either up or down but that change that change means the potential to make money so if you want to be in that crowd Um, You have to invest, and hopefully that's why you are listening in. So here are some things that you can do while the economy is in decline so that you'll be in a far better position when the ship gets righted. So you can own instead of rent. It's really easy to own when the economy is down because the interest rates are low, right? So take advantage of it. Um, buy stock stocks are cheaper now because the economy is not doing so well so you at this point have the ability to buy some stocks that you ordinarily would not have been able to afford because the market is just down that much refinance debt if you're carrying a lot of debt 
check what your interest rate is on the debt that you are um, financing and this would be a great opportunity for opportunity for you to finance down to a lower interest rate and save yourself some money that way take advantage of government boondoggles if you got a business out there man try and get you some of that ppp money i see nancy pelosi's working on like some other second stimulus package there's gonna be all types of government boondoggles out there why not you get that money everybody else is gonna get some of that cash so you cash into um and then you prepare for a rainy day and then bargain shop sadly there's a lot of people out there and i know you've seen it they're they're in financial distress um, through no fault of their own, nobody could predict coronavirus, uh, but some people are liquidating assets, selling off things, they're trying to cut their losses. So during a downturn is a great opportunity for you to maybe find a really nice used car or a house in the neighborhood you didn't think you could fit in or maybe an entrepreneurship, you can find you a business, a bar, a flower shop or whatever it is. Um, that somebody's selling for real cheap. There's a silver, uh, a silver lining in every crowd, cloud. So you go out there and find it. Bargain shop. Get on Craigslist. Get on eBay. You know, stuff is out there. Um, Hertz is about to file for bankruptcy. So here in Hawaii, nobody's driving rental cars. They ran out of room at the airport. All the rental cars, like 15, 1600 rental cars, they got them parked at Aloha Stadium. Right, I like Cadillac Escalades. There's 45 Escalades parked at the stadium. 45. If you're a football fan, Tua Tagovailoa just bought his mama a brand new Escalade. Well, not really brand new, but she got the Escalade. So now there's only 44 Escalades left. But Hertz has got to sell those cars. Hey, that's a great opportunity for somebody needing a car. Um, but when we left off, this was the goal for episode one. The goal was, I wanted every listener to, at minimum, have an app downloaded on their phone and then fund that app with a few dollars. Whatever it is, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever you can afford, just put some money on your app, on your phone, and that would put you one step closer to making your first stock purchase. Um, so where are we right now today? So that's where we were last time. So let's talk about where we are right now. Um, I just checked the market. The European markets are mixed. The Tokyo fell 0.12%. Hong Kong is down 1.45%. And the Shanghai is down 0.11%. Bonds, the 10-year notes are at 0.699%. Um, and if you're looking for a house, Mortgage rates at the bank are actually tied to 10-year bond notes and not to the stock market. So, great opportunity to buy a house because interest rates are down. 30-year bonds are at 1.403%. In the foreign exchange market, and we talked about this last time, foreign exchange is where you can buy and trade foreign currency. Um, and that's one of the areas later on that we will talk about that you can invest in. So when somebody's money is down, you go buy a bunch of their money and then you sit on it. And then when their economy comes back, you sell them their money back. And then the, the difference that you make is revenue. 
Uh, the euro right now is at 1.082. The pound sterling is 1.232. The dollar to the yen for all my Paycom and Asia Pacific people is 107.52 yen to the dollar, which is not that great. When I was living in Japan, I saw the yen rate go up to 140 145 and we were absolutely going wild going out the gate from the base to go to the die mall to buy all kinds of stuff because it was like monopoly money but now it's 107.52 so that's an indicator that the the dollar is not as strong as it once was precious metals gold is at uh 1706.80 you have people that invest in gold um and energy WTI crude is at $24.71 and London Brent crude is at $30. So I got a lot of questions um, outside of the podcast about, hey, Keith Major, how do we invest in oil? Well, a couple of different ways to do it. You could invest in an oil company um, or you could invest in futures. We'll talk about that later. Um, Or there's actually um, index funds that are basically oil funds and you can buy oil via these index funds um but the point is opec likes to keep the price of oil somewhere around a hundred dollars a barrel and about two weeks ago oil fell to negative 37 dollars a barrel negative 37 dollars a barrel that means i have to pay you to come get the oil unheard of never happened before the oil industry went absolutely bananas right so what happened was and this is coronavirus nobody's taking airplanes nobody's cruising big trucks ain't on the road because you know all the uh retail places are closed so there's there's really nothing traveling so what are we going to do with all that oil nobody's buying gas and all this other stuff so it just piled up and so globally we ran out of places to store oil so right now this very second there are oil tankers at sea just driving around in circles because they have no place to go because there's nobody buying oil so it'll take a while for the market and travel and tourism to get right but until then um yeah oil oil would be a good place to invest um hit me up we can talk about some things in a different uh different episode but yeah oil is down right now but eventually it's going to get back to a hundred dollars a barrel so if you're buying 24.71 a barrel you know you're talking about multiplying your money five times over the course of again what's the time horizon eight to ten years that's not a bad return on your investment. That's more than what you'll get from a bank. So at market close, the Dow was at uh, 23,764. That's down 457. The NASDAQ was at 9,255. And that was down 189. And the S&P 500 was at 28,70.12. And that was down 60.20. So doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the market is down um and we've done a lot of things you know the government has with the stimulus and all that but the consumers just have no confidence so nobody's buying anything and so the economy kind of hasn't taken off yet so 
Um, at the time that I collected my notes, which was 5 a.m. Eastern time, um, the S&P index futures were pointing to a negative market opening. Um, so I, I anticipate that when the markets open tomorrow, it's going to be another down day. Equity markets in the U.S. were mixed during yesterday's trading session. Stocks ended the day um, with the S&P 500 in positive territory, but it was down, like I said. Um, moving to 29.30 and posting a gain of 0.2%. But then it turned around and the S&P is at minus 60.2. Coronavirus. Let's talk about the coronavirus. At the start of the year, right, most investors expected the 11-year bull market to continue in 2020. Right? That's all you can hear Trump talk about was, oh my God, look at this great economy. You guys should be thanking me. I'm the best businessman ever. And then coronavirus came and it kind of like went off the cliff, right? Um, nobody could anticipate it. It's just one of those things. Who knew? There's all types of conspiracy theories out there. Who knows what's true? But the point is, it's obvious to everyone that coronavirus, COVID-19, has had an impact on the economy. Um, as a result, the Dow has consistently been down from those record highs. The Dow was like scraping almost 30,000, right? It was a bear market, um, a bull market, but now we're in a bear market. That means it's down. And that happened, man, in weeks, like way quicker than it would ordinarily have happened. But again, nobody could predict coronavirus. So investors need a way to price in risk, right? That's the thing that all the investors are trying to figure out, like, what about this coronavirus? Like, what do we do? Um, and there's just too many unknowns surrounding COVID-19. We don't know how long it's gonna last. We don't know if there's tests. How long is it gonna be if somebody figures out a vaccine? How can you catch it? I seen on the internet the other day, it's in semen. I'm like, what the hell? What is going on? Nobody knows. It's just all this time, and I feel like we're just still kind of guessing at this, and nobody's really sure. First, it was old people. Then it was people with pre-existing condition. Then it was black people. Then it was the Chinese people. Then it was the Europeans. We don't know. Just say we don't know, right? And we'll eventually figure out. Um, just say that because that sounds better, right? So there's really no way for investors to predict the economic impact like there's just so much uncertainty out there um, and all that uncertainty drives fear and volatility and that's what you see in the market right it's up down up down up down but whenever there's a change there's an opportunity to make money um, the government Wall Street um, and even American people want to see the virus contained you know you keep hearing Trump saying we got to open up. Um, we got to get the economy started. And yes, we do. Um, but, you know, there's all types of questions about what the president's motivation is for opening up um, the economy and what his perception is of the risk of coronavirus. Who knows? All I know is Keith Major ain't going nowhere. And I encourage you to stay home until you feel that you are safe. Don't run out there and spend that money. Better stay. Stay. Hashtag stay home. Um, until, until we figure this out, risk assets remain vulnerable 
to additional sell-offs, right? People are getting scared. People are trying to cut their losses. So what investors are dealing with is, do I hang in there in hopes that coronavirus ends soon and the economy comes back? Or is this going to be, is this the start of a much larger slide? And should I just get out now and cut my losses and count my blessings? That's the decision that the investors are dealing with, right? Um, but there are some bright spots. You know, like I said, this whole downturn in the market has created opportunities for new investors. The medical uh, sector is out of control because, right, everybody's looking for face masks and test kits and all this stuff. So biotech is hot. All the things that we wouldn't think would be hot are now hot. Um, so, with the market ain't so high, what does this mean for you guys, the average investor? It means adopting strategies that benefit from volatility. Because anytime there's a change, there's an opportunity to make money. So, let's jump in and try to figure out how we can make some money in this volatility. Um, the, rec the market has gone from record highs even just a year to year and a half ago um, to now we, we are looking at some a serious on the verge of being in a serious downturn um, we're not even sure you know what the real effects of COVID-19 are but with this continued uh, volatility you know let's just employ these strategies that enhance returns so you want to put yourself in a position where you're going to make money whether the market goes this way or that way. Um, and even more importantly than that, if you're a first-time investor, just get in the market. This is the time to do it. So remember that time horizon is 8 to 10 years. This is a marathon and not a race. So be patient and let's make sound decisions. Um, we don't want to make emotional decisions, right? So we don't want to panic sell. Oh, my God. Um, on one day and then the market turns and now you like ass out because you sold too quick and but we also don't want to buy based on fear so we don't want to uh, be subject to FOMO FOMO is F-O-M-O that's the fear of missing out you got some people that will just buy because they saw some headline oh that's hot boom they didn't do their homework and then they buy right that's called the fear of missing out and then you have Foley, F-O-L-E, Foley. That's the fear of losing everything. Those are the people who sell too quick because they're, they're teetering, right? Do I hang in there or do I, I cut my, my losses? And what drives that fear is, right, they don't want to go broke. I, you know, broke people, we've been broke a long time. So we, we, we put style on being broke. But you have some people that's never been broke. And it's the most horrifying thing they could possibly think of. And so they're subject to Foley, the fear of losing everything. Um, so with this market volatility and with these uh, opportunities, let's go out there. The key, again, is employing those strategies and let's hang in there and let's attack the, the market. Um, the overall impact, the COVID-19 kind of remains unknown because... I don't know what to get out of these these uh, 
COVID uh, briefings that's on TV. It's just like I watch him and I just kind of sit there in disbelief. Like, what was that? Like, I don't know. Um, you can't watch him. To me, you got to watch him for the entertainment value because you really don't get anything educational out of him. All the educational stuff, I have to switch channels and then I go see old Governor Cuomo from New York. And to, to me, that's like where I learn most of the stuff. But um, analysts expect a hard hit to the economy. That's the one thing people can agree on because businesses are open airlines are flying you know there's, there's there's no money out there people are in distress um and i think that this is going to happen for a while but again when there's a change in the market there's an opportunity to make money that's a foot stomper right there so one thing you can do in your investment strategy is America is kind of shifting to a at-home kind of culture. You know what I mean? Um, if you can do it at home while you staying at home quarantining, it's probably a good thing to research for potential investment. For example, um, soft drinks. Analyst 12-month fundamental outlook for the soft drink sub-industry is positive, reflecting a surge in com consumer staples uh, related to spending in the U.S. because people are at home. So the snack game, people's snack game is up because we're at home snacking. So anything related to snacks, soft drinks, that's pretty hot. It's pretty popular right now. Um, so analysts are expecting strong growth for that product category like ready to drink beverages uh, all these fancy waters out there um, bottled water snacks soft drinks those are our industries that are going to do well because we're staying at home um, so over the next 12 months earnings and cash flow are expected to grow in these industries driven by growth in emerging markets and new product introductions so you have people out there that are noticing the snack game is on point so one particular company that analysts are talking about right now is pepsi cola right everybody's rating pepsi cola a strong buy um, pepsi's a global leader in soft drinks um, and the snack and beverage industry um, I personally view Pepsi, I, I own Pepsi, disclaimer, as a high quality large cap value income um, name, which has been, you know, they've been investing in healthier beverages and they kind of expanded their product line to snacks. So with Pepsi, you get the best of both worlds. You're killing two birds with, with one stone. Um, and here's why I bought Pepsi. Right after President Trump got reelected, um, Pepsi's former CEO was this lady, and she talked kind of greasy about Trump on Twitter. And of course, Trump clapped back hard at this lady. He clapped back so hard that Pepsi's stock price went down considerably. And I said, hmm, 
I personally don't like Pepsi, but it's going to be hard for me to pick up Pepsi at this price. I think when I bought it, it was under $100, right? Um, Pepsi wound up parting ways with the CEO. Basically, she got fired, but you know how they do. They come up with some reason, and then she walks away, and they give her a little compensation package. But they had to get rid of that lady. Um, people at that point didn't realize Trump was Trump. Now we know, but back then, she was kind of like one of the first casualties of Trump. Um, so in 2019, Pepsi's U.S. operations generated 58% of total net revenue, and its international operations were 42% with business units in Mexico, Russia, Canada, the UK, China, um, and Brazil. Uh, Pepsi also owns Frito-Lay, um, and that was a considerable chunk of revenue. Um, so that's why I like Pepsi, because you get not just the soft drinks and all the other stuff, but now they're getting in the snacks, and then the analysts say, hey, the snack game is going to be hot. So look at Pepsi. Let's do some research. Inbox me. Uh, hit me on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You know, let's talk about it. Let's start this dialogue. Maybe Pepsi is something that you want to invest in. Um, but more importantly, you need to get yourself in the mindset that you understand why certain companies do well and why certain companies don't. So when you are home, bored in the house and in the house bored, Take some time to contemplate, hey, I'm at home, everybody else is at home, what am I buying more of or doing more of because I am at home and is that a potential investment opportunity? Um, so if you just get yourself to the point where you can think that way, um, you're, doing, you're doing better. You're, you're doing better at getting into that financial mindset. The next thing that's hot right now is crude oil, right? And we talked about that early in the show. So look at crude oil. I personally got, uh, I think it's USO, the US Oil Index Fund or something like that. You can look that up. Um, but oil prices collapse and it's down considerably. So, you know, then there was coronavirus. Then right before coronavirus, you had the Saudis beefing with the Russians um, over over global supply and who was going to flinch first. Um, and then there was this, you know, plunge of oil prices. But again, anytime there's a change in price, that's an opportunity for investment. So look at oil. Let's talk about it. Um, so for today's show. Right, while picking a brokerage and a couple of stocks to get started are key on your investment journey, you really have to understand how to actually read a stock and a stock chart. Right, you just don't want to be somebody kind of following the herd. I want everyone to get to the point where you understand what you're doing, doing, so that you can make your own decisions and make your own picks and even bring picks to the table. So let's take a music break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to read stock charts and stock quotes. So thanks for listening in. We'll be right back after the break, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening to the Keith Major Show. 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Keith Major Show. Okay, so how to read stock. 
Stock charts and stock quotes. Okay, reading a stock chart or a stock quote is a crucial skill in being able to understand how a stock is performing, right? It doesn't matter the price of the stock. The only thing that really matters is how that particular stock is performing. But how do you do that when stocks are all different, right? You got uh, stocks that belong to different industries, different market segments. They're in different countries. So how do I, what do I look at to figure this out? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, what is happening in the broader market and how that stock is projected to perform is also part of what you need to understand. And this is all embedded in stock charts and stock quotes. So knowing the basics can help you as an individual investor make better decisions and is a vital first step in getting um, into and understanding investing. You have to make smart decisions. So my goal is to get you to the point where you can make educated decisions about where you are putting your money. Um, so stocks have quote pages and then they also have charts. And these two things together give you um, the basic information that you need about an individual stock and its performance. And it even gives you information on the company as a whole, right? So what is a stock quote? A stock quote is a table or a set of information because there's different ways you can, you know, display the data. And it depends on what you're looking in, um, what magazine or newspaper or financial site you're looking on. Um, but it's generally the same data. Um, a table of information on a particular company stock that generally shows information about price changes, current trading price, historical highs and lows, dividends, trading volume, um, and then other company information that might be pertinent. So what is all this data? Um, and you can pull it up on your phone or if you have the newspaper handy, jump on the computer, your iPad, whatever, Google it. Just pull up some random stock and uh, let, let's go through the numbers. I'll tell you what the individual things are and then you follow along and you try to find these numbers in whatever quote you're looking at and then we'll talk about it right okay so the first thing is the stock ticker symbol the ticker symbol is the symbol that is used on the stock exchange to delineate a giving given stock for example apple's ticker is aapl just those letters while snapchat's ticker is S-N-A-P, SNAP, right? SNAP is their stock ticker. Um, so when you look at the stock exchange, you can tell which stock is which by looking at the stock ticker. Um, on the New York Stock Exchange, the ticker is usually found under a column that actually says ticker, or in some cases, right to the name of the stock in parentheses. I am most often used to seeing the stock ticker in parentheses off to the side of the name um, and then it will be in parentheses and it will either say 
uh, NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, or whatever exchange it's on, and then it'll have a colon, and then it'll have some letters, and those letters are the stock ticker. Some stock tickers kind of look like the name of the company, like Apple or Snap, but some stock tickers bear absolutely no resemblance to what the name of the company is. So I'll give you an example. This is real world. This is really happening. So right now we're bored in the house and we're in the house bored and the new hotness are all these Zoom meetings and these Zoom happy hours and Zoom birthday parties. Well, Zoom is actually a public company, right? Zoom Technologies, their stock ticker is Z-O-O-M, Zoom. But guess what? The stock ticker Zoom isn't the company you're thinking about. Zoom Technologies is actually a Chinese company that makes parts for cell phones. The Zoom that everybody's thinking about is actually, and this is the name of the company, Zoom Video Communications. Their stock ticker is ZM. But when you go to the exchange and they have it listed by name, it just says Zoom. And then right here, it'll say Zoom. You have to pay attention to the sticker, the stock ticker, because one ticker says Zoom and the other one just says ZM. So what happened? When the Rona hit and everybody was on Zoom, all the investors said, oh, this is the new hotness. We're going to go buy Zoom. Because the stock price is certainly going to go up. Well, the stock price did go up, but it went up on the wrong company because people didn't read the stock ticker and everybody dumped their money into this Chinese company. And do you think the Chinese said anything? Absolutely not. They sat there and they counted their cash. And then once people figured out they had bought the wrong stock they were all upset about it so what's the big deal the accidental purchase of the wrong zoom caused the chinese company's stock to skyrocket 1800 percent meanwhile zoom video communications the zoom that you were really looking for they had like marginal change in their stock all because right people were looking at the wrong stock symbol so that's just an example make sure that you are looking at the right stock before you hit buy or sell um, oh by the way the SEC stepped in because people got mad and they delisted the Chinese company from the New York Stock Exchange which I thought was unfair but who am I I don't work at the SEC right um, just make sure you pay attention to the stock ticker. 52-week high and low. That's somewhere on your stock, stock quote. The 52-week high and low are key metrics when looking at the trajectory of a stock in a given period. Um, and you can like click buttons and change the, the way the 52-week high and low look. Sometimes it's a little bar graph with a little uh, puck or a pipper that slides from one end to the other end. 
um, depending on the app that you have on your phone it may be displayed in a different way sometimes there's a little sliding bar that goes from green to red or whatever but the 52 week high low is a technical indicator used by some traders and investors who view these figures as an important factor in the analysis of a stock's current value um i am one of those guys i'll admit it i kind of take a peek at the 52 week high and low because i want to know okay in the past year is the stock down where are they trading what was their 52 week high what like i need to know right now today where's the price in relation to where they've been are they generally going down or are they generally going up i i'm a guy that uses the 52 week high um personally but there are people that use all types of numbers and focus on um, all types of things so as you get more experience you will figure out which numbers you like to look at but i personally am a big 52 week high low kind of guy um and then some people will set up their buy options based on the 52 week high right so you may buy a stock when the price exceeds its 52-week high or sell when the price falls below its 52-week low. Does that make sense? But then you have some people that do it the other way too now. You have some people that will buy the stock when the stock price approaches the low and then they'll just ride out the highs for whenever. But the point is, it's just good to be cognizant of what the high and low is to kind of give you an idea of, of how um, the stock is doing. The next one is dividend per share. Not all companies pay out dividends um, and dividends are small payouts or company profits to shareholders. So when you buy a stock, you kind of become a partial owner in that company. And at the end of the year, when they count up all their revenue, they will give the shareholders their fair share of the revenue and they do that via a dividend. So um, different ways to get the dividend, you know, you get a hard check. Sometimes they'll just post it to your, your uh, brokerage account. There's different things you can do in your settings um, to determine all that. But that's what a dividend is. And then based on dividends per share, you can compare different stocks about what their um, potential dividend is going to be. Um, dividends will be presented on the stock chart. And this is me now. This is the world according to Keith Major. I think a reasonable range for a dividend is 35% to 55% of the revenue. If a company distributes somewhere around half of its earnings and dividends to the shareholders, that means that company is doing well. Um, so I don't necessarily look at it for how much the dividend is, like how much I'm going to get in my pocket. I look at dividend per share as a measure of okay how healthy how robust is this company right if i eat you eat if the company's making a bunch of money and they tossing out these dividends then you know they're pretty much killing it um in their market or at least that's how i look at it um so companies 
that give out dividends tend to be established leaders in their industry, right? The next one is dividend yield. Dividend yield is the percentage return on that dividend and is calculated by dividing the annual dividend by the current stock price. Dividend yield, I don't use that one too much. I'm more of a, of a dividend per share guy. Um, dividend yield is just comparing the dividend to the stock price to kind of give you how much horsepower the dividend actually has. Um, the next one is a big one, P and E ratio. The P and E ratio or price to earnings ratio is a key metric when looking at a stock chart. The P and E ratio is found by dividing the current stock price by the earnings per share for the past year and companies normally measure years in quarters, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. So six on one hand, half dozen on the other. Some people use years, some people use quarters. P&E ratios are used by investors and stock analysts, we'll talk about analysts later, to determine the relative value of a company's shares in an apples to apples comparison. Right, P&E ratio allows you to compare companies of different sizes um, in different industries to see what which company is actually profitable and who's more profitable than whom, if that makes sense. Price to earnings ratio, right? So a high P&E ratio could mean that a company's stock is overvalued or that investors are expecting high growth rates in the future. A low P&E is generally considered better than a high P&E, right? A low P&E can happen one of two ways, either a low price, high earnings, or both. A, P a low P&E can happen one of two ways. It's P&E, right? P, just like high school math, P, with a line over the top of, of the E, right? Either you can have high earnings, that's a bigger P, or a lower price, right? The P's on top. You can have a lower price or a bigger earnings on the bottom, right? It's a ratio, right? Um, and again, this is the world according to Keith Major. Like, I didn't write the book on this. I'm just telling you what I think. In general, a healthy company will have a P&E ratio of about 15 to 25. And then I have a tendency to split that range. So I like 20 to 22. That's the kind of P&E that makes me feel comfortable, right? Um, if it's above 25, like way above 25, like 40, the stock might be overvalued. Um, and if you're a bargain hunter, you want uh, stocks with P&E ratios on the low end, like below 15, maybe even some under 15. So you're going to hear people talk about P&E ratio a lot. Um, that's a big one. And if you don't understand that, hit me up, ask questions, we'll talk about it. Um, 
The next one is the open price. The open price is the stock market opens at 9.30, closes at 4 every day. What was the price when it opened? Um, and then the closing price. What was the price of the stock when the stock market closed at 4? The reason people use the open price and the closed price is because they want to see what the activity was during the day. You have some people that are day traders and they look primarily at the change in price in a trading day period. So those guys hawk the open price and the closed price. That's not so much a guy like me because I'm buying and holding um, mostly and I sit on things. Um, but I do look at the open and closed price to see uh, what the trend was and then try to maybe anticipate what's going to happen on the open of the next day. The previous close is the price at which the stock closed the previous 24 hours. Um, so when you look at a stock chart, they always reference things with respect to the, the closing price. Um, and then there's net change. Net change is whether the stock is up for the day or down for the day. Um, now with all these fancy gizmos on our phone, it's either red or green. Sometimes they have a little arrow. Um, like earlier in the show, I said, hey, the Dow was at this number and that's down 455. That's the net change for the day. And that pretty tells pretty much tells you um, how the stock performed in the day. Was it good? Was it bad? Um, normally in green or red text, like I said, sometimes they got fancy arrows that do all types of stuff. Most times it's in a dollar amount, but if you have an app on your phone, I know on my phone, you can like keep pressing buttons and it'll turn from a dollar amount to uh, a percentage. Um, and then you can, can change however, whatever suits your fancy, you can change that. So that's why I'm a fan of smartphones because you can do a lot of different things. So that was a stock quote. A stock quote is the little square box that has the name of the company with a stock ticker. And then it'll have like a little picture with a little graph and then underneath the graph is all the stuff we just talked about 52 week high and low open and close price um p and e ratio um all that stuff right the little picture inside the stock quote is called a stock chart and we're going to talk about the stock chart next a stock chart is a little different um than the information you get on the stock quote stock charts includes the actual old picture and then sometimes they put fancy lines and draw all kinds of cute stuff on it to point you to things that you know might be important um there's all types of different ways to like graphically depict the movement of a stock price and that all depends on what app you're downloaded or what you're looking at online but in general There's a little thing that looks like a mountain with peaks and, and valleys and lows. That represents the stock price over some period, right? Um, 
and then you can change that period you can click on things so it's one month three months a year five years five days whatever and then that changes the the length of the of the graph um, and then that graph is the plot of consecutive price at closings right um, if you're working with an interactive chart, you can set the chart to different time frames. You can do all types of stuff. Again, this is why I encourage people to use an app because you can literally fiddle with this stuff and get it all Gucci and tuned up exactly how you like it and it makes sense to you. And then all you got to do is open your phone and bam, you got all the information you need right there and you can just swipe through it. And it's much easier um, to me than doing it online. Um, plus, and you got your phone on you all the time. So that's why I encourage um, people to use smartphones. I also encourage you to use online tutorials either in the, the app or on your online brokerage. There's all types of educational tools. Or if you need help, YouTube is actually a great source of information. If you don't understand um, P&E ratio, or 52 week high and low or any of those things go in YouTube and just type it in and there's plenty of people in there that'll help you explain it and they got the video going and you will figure it out that way I learned a lot of stuff via YouTube the goal in all this is that you want to become proficient um, with your app or your online portal and digesting information and how that information is displayed actually has a significant impact on that. So you just got to fiddle around with it through tri trial and error until you figure out the style of display that works for you. And then, man, roll with it. Um, and then everybody's different. Some guys use this set of numbers. Some guys use that set of numbers. You will eventually figure out which things make sense to you and then those are the ones you use those are there's no right answer um or wrong answer um so here's just basically stock charting the first thing you do is you want to observe the price and the time axes because like i said in your app you can ch you can change that um and every stock chart has two axes an x and a y right just like eighth grade algebra um, and then prices on one side and then times on the other and then you can change um, the time and do all kinds of Gucci stuff and then the vertical axis will be actually the price and that gives you a visual picture of what the stock price has done and that picture should supplement the information that you digested from the stock quote um, the next thing you want to do is look for trend lines some apps will come with the trend lines already displayed some of them you got to go in settings and turn it on some of them you got to calculate it for yourself but trend lines are another way that you can kind of predict what the performance of the stock is going to be and then those charts come in different styles you got a simple line chart which is just a black line you know sometimes they color the thing gray on the other side to give you some contrast or whatever and that gives you an indicator of price movement then there are bar charts bar charts take the highest and low price of the day plus the closing price of the stock to chart it as a trend 
Um, I'm not a big fan of bar charts. I think just a little too busy for me. But I encourage you to flip through all the different chart types and you will figure out which one works for you. The most complex of them all is the candlestick chart. And this chart's got a lot going on. Um, these usually normally use green boxes and red boxes to indicate periods when the price of the stock close high um, or low. And then the candlestick chart uses the stocks open, high, low, and close prices to chart trends. And then it's a little box with two little like stems, one on the top and one on the bottom. And then it's like a whole series of those. It's just, it's a lot. You would have to, if you're not a math person um, or a stats person, there's a lot of information in a candlestick chart, but there's so much information that it can be confusing. So you might, I encourage you to take a tutorial on how to read those uh, candlestick charts. Uh, and then trading volume. Trading volume is like how many shares got bought or sold that day, right? Um, stock trading volume is another key factor to look at when reading the stock because you get to see man are people on this stock or not so in my example from the zoom if you bought the wrong zoom z-o-o-m and not z-m and you looked at their stock volume man their trading volume was out the roof and so people who track like you can google uh top movers like there are people that track stocks based on the trading volume because they want to know what who what stocks are hot today who's buying what what stocks are people buying and they'll have like the 20 fastest movers or the 50 fastest movers and then that those are the stocks that they scan and then you have some guys that flip it and they'll look at the lowest 20 or the lowest 50 performers um but that's based on volume so that's another way you you can evaluate stocks identify lines of support and resistance um i encourage you to google this one because it's kind of hard for me to talk about i would be able to draw you a picture and explain it in like 15 seconds um but lines of support and resistance um whenever a stock trades up or down it generally falls within like a range like a general range and that range is constrained by support and resistance lines right essentially a support line is a certain price that the stock generally doesn't drop beneath and conversely the resistance line is the line that a stock generally doesn't go above right the price of a stock resists this line now how do you get these lines so you look at your stock chart and it goes up down up down right for whatever the period is if you take a pencil and kind of draw a line and connect all the bottoms right that's your line of support and then if you take a pencil and connect all the tops that's a line of resistance and so if you look in between those two lines 
that's generally where the bulk of that stock's stock prices are. That's the range. That will help you make decisions on, do I sell here? Do I buy here? Do I think the price is gonna increase? Or do I think the price is gonna decrease? Once you add the lines of resistance, you can kind of see patterns. And so if you ask me, hey, what do you think this stock price is gonna be at in a year? I extend the chart out right to the right and I just continue the lines and I just kind of move my finger and I was like, oh, about right here. That's kind of how I do it. Like, that's like generalizing it because you can get real complex with that. But in general, right, a trend is a trend. So it's probably going to be here in a year or somewhere in this range. Um, I'd have to show you a picture, but YouTube it, Google it. Um, lines of support and lines of resistance and it will make more sense so that brings us to the end of this episode um, last time we talked about oh let me add one more thing beta beta is a measure of volatility um, beta is a measure of how much does the price of my stock fluctuate with a change in the market. So you generally want a, a stock price, a stock whose beta is between minus one and one. Those are the stocks that don't move a whole lot based on movement in the markets. So for example, the airline industry has high beta because when the market is down, they're down. A stock with low beta would be Amazon. You think Jeff Bezos wakes up in the morning and looks at the Dow Jones? Probably not. He doesn't really care because I'm sure he's figured out my stock price ain't going to change that much. So if you're looking for a bargain stock, Amazon ain't it. It's amazing how resilient that stock is. So, end of the show. Thank you for listening. Shoot me comments. Um, I appreciate your interest. I really do. Never in a million years did I think people would be this interested. Um, my man Hugh Foster. Hugh Foster, my boy Hugh, made his first $250. He hit me up and was like, Bruh, I made $250. I don't know what to do with the money. What should I do? Uh, go buy you $250 more stock. I think Hugh was more mystified that he made them he wasn't sure how he made the money he just knew he made the money and then there was this long pause and he was like you mean if i had bought four times more stock i would have made four times more money and i was like welcome to the game um big shout out to my girl ronnie um ronnie retired air force um so she has been pestering me to get the show done. She has a little uh, walking crew. And she told me that her crew will walk together and listen to the podcast. She was like, when are you going to do the second episode, Keith Major? Like, I've been waiting and waiting. So Ronnie, quit beating me up. I finally uh, got the episode done. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank your friends for listening. Um, and that's Veronica Solano McQueen now. She was just Ronnie Solano back in the day. Um, who else? Tara Seeley. 
Tara Seeley, my girl from Hampton, she bought her first few stocks. My boy Frank Walton beat me up. Like, don't buy it. I bought, I bought a stock. It was a little risky, and you know, my man was trying to be a friend and told me uh, not to buy the stock. So, Trevin Jones, um, keep hitting me with the questions. Trevin's in Atlanta. He hits me with a lot of questions. Inga Davis in New York, um, almost fledgling stock purchaser. Keep reading the book. Keep hitting me with with questions. Um, we'll do it. So, I encourage you guys, keep researching this stuff. Let's go make this money during the downturn. Anytime there's a change in the price, there's an opportunity to make money. Um, thanks again for listening to the Keith Major Show. And I will see you guys next time. And I promise you, it won't be this long until the next show. And I'm gone. Go make some money, people. People know straight from Hawaii for all you need for sure. For news and local events, music and much more. With the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show.